Well, welcome, friends, to our Good Friday service. It's great to see you all. A welcome especially to any visitors with us. We love having visitors join us here at Trinity Church, Victor Harbour, and I hope you have a great time among us. Uh, we've come together because it's Easter this weekend and Good Friday today, where we particularly focus on uh, Jesus' death on the cross in our place. And we'll gather again on Sunday morning to celebrate the, his victorious resurrection. So please, if you're in town visiting or uh, you want to bring someone along to that, please do. Uh, today is a reflective service. It's a, going to be a cycle of readings and prayers and songs. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, we'll, we'll journey together, travel through that, the events of the first Good Friday, the events of the first Easter. So the readings will take us through um, those those uh, those. Um, wonderful but sobering events of Jesus' death on the cross. Um, so that's how it's going to uh, work. It's going to be an unannounced service. So what will happen is people who are taking part will just come up and, and um, read or pray. Uh, we'll be, when the songs sing, they'll be unannounced as well. So the, our hope is that it gives us all an opportunity to have some more quiet, reflective um, space to um, consider what it means that Jesus died in our place on the cross. Um, we are uh, meeting together on what, uh, in, uh, outside of school holidays, is a school day. And I, why I mention that is because you will, at some point, hear a school bell ringing for the next class to begin. So it, when, if and when, hopefully that happens during a song and no one notices. <laughs> but if it happens during a reading or a prayer, we'll just pause until the bell finishes and keep going, just so you know that that's going to happen. Um, please do um, hang around afterwards. We don't have morning tea today, but we will on Sunday. But do uh, stay around uh, if you'd like to um, get to know one another and spend time together. Or you feel free to stay in here after the service as well if you'd like to have a time of quiet reflection uh, in the light of what, we've, uh, what we'll be looking at. Uh, kids, uh, we do have uh, some clipboards available for you as well. Uh, and they've got activities and books and things that you can have a look at through the service um, so um, I think they've been handed out, but if you don't, um, Miriam up the back can get, get one to you. I think you're already onto it. Thanks. Um, uh, last uh, thing before, before we start off, um, and uh, it's, uh, I think most people here are aware of this because most of us don't have masks on. Uh, the rules have changed and uh, mask wearing is up to each individual person. If you're more comfortable wearing a mask, we fully support that. So please feel very comfortable doing that. Uh, and... Um, uh, let's uh, uh, show great uh, grace and care for one another through this time of transition as we step into this next phase uh, as a state uh, of COVID response. So um, if you're visiting with us and want to know where the toilets are, if you just go back towards the other side of the gym, there's an orange door and you'll find them in there. Uh, okay, uh, that's all from me for in terms of starting off today. What we're going to do is we're going to start our time with a reading from the Old Testament. There'll be one reading, it's a key passage from the Old Testament, uh, and so if our readers are able to come up, uh, that would be great. Um, it's a key passage from Isaiah chapter 53 that prepares us uh, for the coming of Jesus and all that he would do. Uh, this will be our only Old Testament reading, and the rest of the readings will take us through from Luke's Gospel, Luke's account of Jesus' death. Uh, so from this point onwards, as I said, it won't be announced. Uh, and uh, there'll also be opportunities in, after each prayer for some quiet reflection as well. Um, but uh, thanks, Sarah, for leading us off. And we'll start with hearing from God's word from Isaiah chapter 53. Hang on, Sarah. 
Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.
Now the Feast of Unleavened Bread drew near, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to put him to death, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was the number of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. And they were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of the crowd. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat it. They said to him, where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters. And tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, 
I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he'd given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup, after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But behold, the hand of him who betrays me is with me on, this, on the table. For the Son of Man goes it as, ha- as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to question one another, which of them it could be who was going to do this. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we have just heard these chilling words recorded by Luke that the religious leaders and Judas as well were looking for some way to get rid of you and watching for an opportunity to hand you over when there was no crowd present. And yet, Lord Jesus, you just kept on steadfastly pursuing the Father's plan for you, even eagerly desiring to eat that Passover with your disciples, even though you knew that great suffering was to follow. Lord, you tried to help them understand that your body was going to be given up for them and for us, broken like the bread you shared out to them, and that your blood was going to be poured out like wine for them, for us. Lord Jesus, Messiah, God's chosen deliverer, you consented to what the Father had decreed for you. You even knew which disciple would betray you. Yet you set your face like a flint towards fulfilling the Father's plan. We here today, Lord, we honour you. We marvel at your commitment to pour out your life unto death in order that we too can be reconciled to the Father. Lord Jesus, words are such feeble means of expressing our gratitude, yet we do offer you our humble thanks.
A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest. Jesus said to them, The king of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. He said to them, But now if you have a purse, take it and also a bag. And if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfilment. The disciples said, See, Lord, here are two swords. That's enough, he replied. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray, so that you will not fall into temptation. Let's pray. Father our God, it is still a strange concept that strength is found in humility and weakness and that greatness is found in servitude because it goes against our natural way of thinking. And this is exactly how the disciples felt when Jesus put that to them. Yet through his teaching and through his example of living, that's exactly what he showed us is the truth. And we thank you that despite the fact that he was human, despite that he took on human flesh, he was not subject to the same sin and humanity that we are. 
But he still faced temptation and he still put himself under your authority. We thank you that because of those things, he went all the way to the cross to suffer, to die, and to pay the penalty for our sin and redeem us back to yourself. Father, help us to be like that, to be people who serve rather than seek greatness, to be humble rather than seek to be people of strength and power, but not for us, but for your glory, that you might be glorified in a world that so needs to hear that message of hope, that message of grace through your son Jesus. Help us in that endeavour. And Father, we wouldn't be, in a sense, be found to be falling asleep, but instead living for you in response to that grace, great grace that you've shown us through the death, burial and resurrection of your son Jesus, what we celebrate this weekend. So thank you for all of this now, in Jesus' name. Amen.
While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, and when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with them, I was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. But an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. Pray with me. Our Father, when we read the words of your son's betrayal, we are deeply ashamed. Each of us could put ourselves in this story, and we know that we are there. Your betrayers, those who seized Jesus, those who denied Jesus, those who watched on. We come before you covered in our own shame of how many times we have denied you, how many times we have stood up we haven't stood up and spoken up when we should, how many times we sit back and watch when we should be doing. Yet Jesus' response was love, even love for those who were taking him. In the act of his arrest, he chose healing and peace. Give us courage. Help us to choose you. You take our shame and you draw us to yourself. Thank you, Father. We are so undeserving of your amazing gift of life.
Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. The great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is Raven on his hands. My name is Raven on his hands. I know that while in him he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of the guilt within Of what I look and see in there Who made an end to all my sin Where does the sinless Savior die? My sinful soul At daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, are you then the Son of God? He replied, 
you say that I am. Then they said, why do we need any more testimony? We have heard it from his own lips. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted, He stirs up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform a sign of some sort. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him. Dressing him in an elegant robe, they sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But the whole crowd shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we read this sobering and shocking account uh, of willful rejection and unbelief and injustice shown to Jesus, your Son, it's, it's easy for us to distance ourselves uh, from those responses to the coming of your promised Saviour and King. It's easy to think that if we'd have been there, we'd respond differently, that we'd believe in him and receive him and worship him as king. But in reality, Father, apart from your grace, we're no different. We can read of his life and miracles and profound teaching, 
and still not believe in him or submit to his loving rule. Even when we say we do, our lives often demonstrate otherwise, living as we please with ourselves at the centre. Please forgive us, Father. And as we read of this injustice shown to Jesus, as the future final judge of all is dragged before a human court, declared innocent and yet still handed over to be killed, it's easy to think we're different. We clearly see the injustice done to Jesus, but we confess that we're guilty of injustice ourselves, that we justify our own wrong actions and try to get away with them, while at the same time pointing the finger at others. And we minimise our sin before you, our holy God, and pretend it's not that bad. Once again, please forgive us. And we thank you so much, Father, that in your great kindness you do offer us full forgiveness for all our sin through Jesus' death on the cross in our place. As the only truly innocent one gave himself up to death so that we, the guilty ones, can be free. Just like Barabbas, the convicted criminal we've just read about, but so much better. So thank you, Father, that at the cross we see your mercy and justice meet, that our sin has been justly, fully and finally dealt with, and that you now declare us innocent when we believe in Jesus and receive him as king. So thank you, Father, for the cross and for Good Friday to especially reflect on your amazing love for us. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. As the soldiers led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it for Jesus, uh, carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the childless women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if people do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two other men, both criminals were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there held insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? 
Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man, who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Enlarge my heart, warm my affections, open my lips, supply words that proclaim love lusters at Calvary. There grace removes my burdens and heaps them on thy son, made a transgressor a curse and sin for me. There the sword of thy justice smote the man, thy fellow. There thy infinite attributes were magnified and infinite atonement was made. There infinite punishment was due and infinite punishment was endured. 
Christ was all anguish, that I might be all joy. Cast off, that I might be brought in. Trodden down as an enemy, that I might be welcomed as a friend. Surrendered to hell's worst, that I might attain heaven's best. Stripped, that I might be clothed. Wounded, that I might be healed. Athirst, that I might drink. Tormented, that I might be comforted. Made a shame, that I might inherit glory. Entered darkness, that I might have eternal light. My Saviour wept, that all tears might be wiped from my eyes. Groaned, that I might have endless song. Endured all pain, that I might have unfading health. Bore a thorny crown, that I might have a glory diadem. Bowed his head, that I might uplift mine. Experienced reproach, that I might receive welcome. Closed his eyes in death, that I might gaze on unclouded brightness. Expired, that I might live forever. O Father, who spared not thine only Son, that thou mightest spare me. All this transfer thy love designed and accomplished. Help me to adore thee by lips and life. O that my every breath might be ecstatic praise, my every step buoyant with delight, as I see my enemies crushed, Satan baffled, defeated, destroyed, sin buried in the ocean of reconciling blood, hell's gates closed, heaven's portal open. Go forth, O conquering God, and show me the cross, mighty to subdue, comfort, and save. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of
Amen to that. Please take a seat. Friends, Good Friday is not the end of the story. Sunday is coming. Uh, and what a glorious celebration it is to remember the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, there are two opportunities that we have to do that together. Uh, one is together with all the combined churches of the South Coast at Kent Reserve at 6.30am. For a sunrise service uh, so I encourage you to make it there if you're able but otherwise 10 a.m. here to celebrate the wonderful resurrection of, of our Lord uh, as I said please uh, feel free to stay in here if you'd like some quiet reflection or head out uh, and enjoy um, some time together but let me finish by reading this great verse uh, from the letter of 1 John Friends, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Amen, and we'll see you on Sunday.